The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Howdy and welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. We say it every week, but you know how to find us because we give you the name about 18 times. So download the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, if you still use that somehow, uh, iHeartRadio, find the pod, find Pride of Detroit on prideofdetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter, the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit every Monday soon coming to you on Sundays during the season because the season is almost here. We're almost through July. The month has gone insanely fast. And to prove that we are now doing the last of our list cast series. We always save the worst for last quarterbacks. Not, a, not really that uh, interesting or necessary of position. If you think about it, they're, they're kind of outdated. I don't know why we keep doing quarterbacks. To elucidate yeah. on why he don't think we need quarterbacks anymore, here is my partner, the fearless leader on Pride of Detroit, mustacheless now for, I think, 100 days, Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online. Yeah, I mean, if, if I were a GM, I'd just trade away all my quarterbacks for a couple first-round picks. That, that seems like a really smart move. This, this it is. Age. It is. Listen, I just saw a guy win a Madden tournament. He put the, like, Washington punter in at quarterback and he just ran the ball. I don't... I, I have see no reason why you can't replicate that in reality. None whatsoever. We certainly didn't see three years of trying that and, and not work. Hmm. Interesting. Third man who is not frozen on a peacock stream somewhere. Ryan Matthews. Back is the rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD. So not the uh, pro wrestling reference right off your bingo card right away. Yeah, nice job. I, you know, guys, I want to push back on this whole quarterback thing because I don't know. I've never seen an offensive tackle score, you know, points the way that a quarterback can. So I don't know. I mean, Taylor, I think they're pretty Taylor important. Decker? Listen, Taylor Decker scores touchdowns once every couple seasons. So I think that's good enough. All right. Fair we point. I'm back on board. We call him, ta- we call him Taylor Dex. Dex the competition. Dex the ball to the. I, I can't I can't do this. OK, I thought I was going to do a Danny Dimes kind of thing and it just fell apart mid no. mid uh, mid mid throw, kind of like Taylor Decker throwing the football. You don't know that you don't know that I haven't seen that. OK, 
Although he did throw it into the stands, I think, after his touchdown. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that could as be. one is wont to do, as one is wont to do, and be like, oh, right, I need that back. Uh, hey, let's get right to it. So we do have the quarterback list cast coming in a second. But first, as we said, this is our last episode before training camp. And I think there's no better way to end our look to the offseason with a look towards the future past this season. We, I think we've told you guys enough and it's terrible because we have to pivot kind of like heels in wrestling that you know, that this season doesn't matter as much, but we're going to be talking constantly about training camps and the games themselves. But one last salvo for that, in that we're looking towards how confident are you in the future of the Detroit Lions? The ESPN, future, the future. Yes. All the way to the year 2000. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, maybe it's we'll have. Uh, to do yeah, it. I know you just. I don't know what to do with you sometimes. I really don't. Um, ESPN.com put out a future power rankings. Now, you follow us on Twitter. Maybe we've been picking on ESPN.com a little bit much with their power rankings and metrics that they've been uh, chewing out there. All I know is when they first unleashed QBR upon the world, it was not great. But uh, Ryan, I think you shared this with the class ESPN.com, I think, has the Lions in 31st for future power rankings. Yeah, not good. There's only one team with a, uh, a bleaker outlook than the Detroit Lions. And if you guess the Houston Texans, you are right. But uh, it doesn't get it doesn't get much bleaker than that. Like there's only yeah. one team that's doing worse and they don't even know if their quarterback is going to play this year. Um, yeah, for for the Detroit Lions, you know, they they come in 31st. Uh, they, you know, they were, you know, just in this position where it seems like based on their metrics and everything, um, they, they ranked pretty low, uh, overall roster was at 31st quarterback was at 29th coaching was at 25th, um, which is kind of maybe surprising just because it's a new head coach. So that at least shows a little bit of a vote of confidence from the people that they pulled, um, for Dan Campbell, but, um, you know, draft 23rd, that was the, the highest that they ranked in terms of, uh, you know, and again, that's only seeing one draft from Brad Holmes and company and uh, front office ranked 26. So I don't know, Jeremy, are you irked by 31st? Do you feel like they should be higher? Do you feel like they should be all the way at 32? Well, I, I mean, we have to kind of back up and, and talk about like the methodology here. They, they're basically pulling a bunch of analysts at ESPN and thinking, you know, how how does this team outlook look? I think it's over the, the next three years, right? That, that's kind of the, the idea of how, how good these teams look for the next three years. And like you mentioned that the five, you know, metrics that they, they, they used and they're kind of kind of like the the offensive line metrics that they used to, to rank the Lions to 29th or whatever. Um, they're, they're kind of just they're they're set up for the lines to fail at because because like you said they have coaching they have draft they have front office the lines haven't proved anything there like of course they're not going to be in the top 10 top 15 top 16 they're in a new regime like that's not fair to to judge a coach and, and place them at 25th like maybe that's high for a, a brand new coach but it's not fair like is is dan campbell going to be the 25th worst or 25th best coach in the nfl maybe he might be better he might be a lot better he might be a little bit worse he can't be much worse same with the draft and same with the front office. And I, I think the one thing that this, you know, that this thing isn't taking into account is, is future resources, right? Like this team has a bunch of extra picks coming next year and the year after that compensatory picks and, and a boatload of, of, you know, salary cap 
to their benefit to, to make this team look a little bit better. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not irked really. I, again, I think the methodology methodology is flawed here. And, and, you know, I don't like, I, I can't bang the table and be like, you should have Dan Campbell ranked as the 16th best quarter, best coach, because what am I, I mean, I have nothing to base that on. Same with the draft, same with the front office. Um, quarterback is a little low 29th. I think again, we, we talked about this last week. I don't know why Jared Goff has suddenly pissed off everybody and, and, and made it seem like he's literally a bottom tier quarterback, but he's been an average quarterback at worst pretty much his entire career. So I think that's low overall roster being 31st. I can't really argue with again. I think, uh, I, I think Lions fans would, would beg to differ there, but I'm, I'm not one of them. I think this, this roster isn't that talented. I think, I think 31st is probably a good spot for them until we see how their draft picks turn out, see how their year two guys develop in the off season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not mad about it. I just think the, the metrics work against the lines here. I, uh, again, the national media's perception, and we have to keep doing this is that most mock drafts are having the lions going at first overall in the next NFL draft. So unless it's coming from the Rams pick, which I don't think that's going to happen, that's that's telling you where they're at. I just I find some of this, the worries like Lewis Riddick wrote their their biggest worry part. I, I will single him out because once again, he's talking about kneecaps. How can you play for a guy who likes kneecaps? I have to question the leadership, his leader, if the players will buy into his leadership style. So he talked about kneecaps. Lazy. Damn lazy. I he, he admits that Campbell hired a good coaching staff. Okay, great. And just like that should be the focus, not a one-off from, from a press conference. I get so, I'm so tired of seeing this kneecap shit. Like lean into it, Lions, by all means. But I don't want to hear from anyone talking about, oh, I don't know if I'd play for a guy who talks about kneecaps. Like A, you would. B, you would. C, you would. D, you would. You spent three years hyping up like that asshole Patricia? No, come on. Come on. It's it's just I I get the the other things you're talking about there. It is set up for the Lions to do bad at this at this metric. Um I, I think for me, interesting thing was overall roster minus QB. They ranked them 31, and that seems to be what's really holding them down right now, which granted, true. Very true. But I also think that when you're looking towards the future, you're looking towards what they did in the draft. And yeah, you want to look towards that extra draft capital. So I, the best they get in draft is 23 though. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I think that's, I mean, if, if they could have highlighted like a, a place for optimism, right? Like field Yates talks about how there isn't a whole lot of pressure on the lions to do much this season and that they have the ability to be patient and wait. And they have, as you mentioned, Chris, they have future draft capital. So that roster can't really start turning over until, you know, obviously those draft picks are used to either, you know, acquire other players through trade or to draft players themselves. So, I mean, I don't know. The Lewis Riddick part really kind of, it kind of bothered me just because personally, I think it kind of came off as like a guy who's a little bit burned that he didn't get a GM job. Right. Look, I don't know. I, I just, again, it's just, it's so like, if you take away the kneecap thing you t- and you put anyone's face in there besides Dan Campbell and you tell him, hey, this guy co- like was the assistant to Sean Payton for almost for close to like, what, a dozen years. And he's from the Bill Par- and like he has ties to Bill Parcells from both coaching side and from playing side. 
you take away the face, you take away the voice, you take away all that, you put an extra sticker in there and you throw that in front of analysts, they'll say, oh, that sounds very enticing. But because it's Dan Campbell, because we saw him in Miami and because he talks funny, everyone's like, oh, I don't know about his leadership. That's just not, it's not, it's, it's lazy. It's, lazy. it's incredibly lazy. It's insanely lazy. How, and I, I just, just like, I'm asking. question a guy's leadership before the dude even leads? Like, and, and if you're going to question guys' leadership, maybe take a note from all the players that are like, this is awesome so far. Or maybe look at his leadership in New Orleans. You know, yeah. stop, stop just immediately crediting it to Sean Payton. Sean Payton uh, recognized this guy as a leader and put him in an assistant head coach job so that he could be a leader of a team one day. Everything points to this guy actually being a very, very good leader, yet everyone questions it because he wore a space helmet. Yeah, he wore a space helmet or like you're still stuck on him having to come in at the last minute for 12 games and somehow write the ship, the ship on the Joe Philbin Miami Dolphins. It's just I, I don't know, man. It felt like because we dragged that that hire for various reasons, being the Jamel Hill critique of it or from the kneecaps part or anything else you want to go to that people have just decided, hey, Bull, bullseye on his back and you know what it'll pay off because the lions are in a good position to do anything this year anyway so they know they'll score easy i'm right points yep trust me on this i work in sports talk radio i know how this works these got riddick is setting himself up there to get easy points in the win column i don't fault him at all but at the same time i also know what he's doing and i'm telling you it's when you're then supposed to put it into analysis come on like, I, I would much rather look at the Lions in regards to and I, I, I know I'm starting this off sounding hyper defensive, the Lions. And that's not the point. But you have a very talented, very young offensive line, which I think Jeremy Fowler was the one to point that out, uh, that the average starting age of the starting five is is just under 25 years old. Uh, the only one over 27 is Vitae. And you have the core three of Decker rag now and Sewell for under contract for four seasons. That's a hell of a place to start. I get that there's plenty of problems with the defense, but I don't know. It, it seems low to me, but at the same time, like as always, it has the lion's name in front of it. So it's an easy target. But my point is like, if you're a lion's fan and seeing this, it's like, yeah, what's there to lose? Well, I think the other thing that bothered me, though, is I, I took a look at Houston and the mm-hmm. rationale for their ranking. And when it came to their front office, they got a higher grade than the Lions. And they also have a first year guy in there who came from where? New England, Nick Casario. Yeah. So and in part of the write up was like, well, he did such a good job signing all these players to one year deals. It's like, but that's not hard. It, it this happened, but it not Your man point. All right. Yeah. It's yeah, we're, just, we're pointing fingers all over the place. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It It's like Chris said, you know, you throw Detroit in front of it and, um, you know, it, it kind of has the stink on it that people are just perpetuating. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think of all the hires that happened this off season, you look at like Casario in, in Houston or even like the Eagles hiring Sirianni, like that yeah. guy just seems like he's completely in over his head. But you hear you hear almost nothing about it in comparison to Dan Campbell. And you're talking about a team that you're talking about a Philadelphia team, a team that's not too far removed from a Super Bowl, a team that, you know, ostensibly is hitting the reset button because, you know, they traded Carson Wentz and, and now they're on to the Jalen Hurts era. But like 
it's this one soundbite that is just carrying this stink for Dan Campbell. And it's upsetting. And it's the used, only, it's the only thing that's going to put it, I was going to say, the only thing that's going to put it away is the games. And unfortunately, who knows with this roster, how many games are going to win. Right. So, yeah, the thing I hate about it, sorry, the one thing I just hate about it is, again, that it's not that, oh, he's a kooky guy. It's that he talked about his kneecaps. That will tell me about his leadership. You don't know jack shit about his leadership. You don't. I'm not being defensive Homer guy here. I know we're doing a Lions podcast, but I would say that for any other guy out there. It, It bothered me when they did that to Ben McAdoo, too. I know McAdoo didn't exactly end well for the Giants, but just because someone talks funny or, you know, tries to be funny in a press conference, you're suddenly decrying their leadership. What the hell do you know about their leadership? You don't know Jack. Everybody has to be Bill Belichick. Well, that goes back to that. Can we put ESPN's analysis aside and, and kind of give our own what we think of the Lions future, like how optimistic we are or maybe answer some of the quite like biggest worry you know, what, what could change for the better, that sort of stuff. Like, let, let's start with like biggest worry. Let's start with, with the negatives. Let's, let's pretend that maybe there, we have some agreement with um, okay. ESPN here. And what's, what's your biggest worry about this regime and, and the direction they're headed so far? Well, I've got two. I have one that what's in the cupboard right now for the defense is even worse than we think. And it's going to take a lot longer to build that. Mm-hmm. And two is whiffing on a quarterback um, either that this people are right and this is a weak year, which I disagree with. I think Spencer Rattler is a good option. I think Matt Coral could be a good option, uh, depending on his growth. Um, me and Ryan talk constantly about Malik Willis. Um, Jaden Daniels from Arizona State has apparently bulked up to 200 pounds. And if he's at that weight, I am interested in Jaden Daniels because he's got everything you want out of him except for that except for the fact that he was like a stick last year. He's bulked up above 200. He's on, I'm going to be watching Arizona State Sun Devils. But you can still miss on a quarterback with all your prep, with all your hype. Just ask, just ask the Jets or just ask the Browns or ask the Browns. I mean, the Bears, yes. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's a, it's almost like we've got a quarterback list cast coming up, but this is a rough position to get right. And yeah, the Lions are going into this without an established quarterback and you expect them to draft one long-term with the extra draft picks they have and they can screw it up. And that kills coaches faster than anything else in this league. I think, I think quarterback is a great place to start about concern for the future. And and it's not, it's not supposed, I'm not trying to dig on Jared Goff, but this, this coaching staff believes in Jared Goff. This, this front office believes in Jared Goff. They, they passed on a quarterback this year. They made sure he was involved. They, they wanted a quarterback back in, in the trade of Matthew Stafford. And, and all signs point to them believing that he can turn it around. So if that doesn't happen, let's say the Lions pass on a quarterback next year as well. Like suddenly we're, we're kicking this can down the road and, and the longer it takes for you to find a quarterback, the longer it takes for your rebuild to take, take hold. So um, yeah, quarterback, I think is, is, I think I'm with you. That's probably my biggest worry at the moment. My, my biggest worry is ownership and it's not kind of the, you know, the tried and true, the old and, and dated take on, on, you know, the Lions will never win, a, you know, a championship as long as the Fords are, you know, in control or anything like that. It's just that Sheila Fordham is in this new role. She's in this new position and everybody is really comfortable with a rebuild or a retool or whatever you want to call it at the beginning. Like when, when yep. the games aren't being played, 
when the losses aren't accumulating and totaling up. If this Lions team is really, really bad and they don't give at least at least two seasons for this thing to take root. And Sheila Ford Hamp starts feeling the, you know, her feet getting taken to the coals. That's where I'm I'm a little bit worried about whether or not she'll make the right decision. And that that's just because of her inexperience. And I'm not I'm not saying that she she's incapable of doing that. I'm just saying that I understand that that pressure becomes becomes actual pressure when the standings start to look the way they do when your team isn't so good. And and to kind of expand upon that, the whole front office setup seems like a bit of an experiment, right? Like we, we talked about it when it first happened. It, it felt a little bit like too many cooks in the kitchen with with Spielman and Dorsey and and Ray Agnew. And there, there's a lot of people in there making a lot of decisions yep. collectively. And like you said, at the beginning of the rebuild, everyone's great. They're paddling in the same direction. They understand what this is. You know, the, no games have been played, so no one's arguing too much over things. There, there's going to be a little turbulence and it might be a lot of turbulence in year one. So uh, how that all shakes out is it's definitely, I think, uh, something to, I don't know if I'm concerned about it yet, but it's something to keep an eye on for sure. It is something to keep an eye on. And also there's something to keep an eye on is our quarterbacks list cast. We mentioned quarterbacks enough. We mentioned Jared Goff. I don't think he's showing up on this list. I'm just going to spoil that right away. But the rest of the top 10 is coming right now. We're going to close out list cast in style. We will be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. But first, before we go to break, we have something to tell you. From the hills of Humboldt County, California, our friends at Canadips CBD, the nation's leading tobacco and nicotine-free dip alternative with CBD, are excited to present the game of the year. Canadips CBD is a fast-acting and innovative way to consume CBD that works and tastes great and won't make you play sneak at you with the wife during football season. Yeah, you know, my wife, she's always on me, you know, my, my totally real wife. She's like, hey, what do you got in your mouth over there? Let me see what you got in your mouth. And I'm like, it, you don't need to worry. It's big league chew. Now I've got Canadips. The game of the year is one winner chosen by August 31st. Entry is easy. Head to CanadipsCBD.com and click the link or visit Canadips main Instagram and look for the blue check mark. One winner will be chosen and can bring a plus one to any regular season NFL game. Airfare for two with luxury hotel lodgings and great seats for the game. That's right. Canadips is randomly choosing one lucky winner for the fan experience of a lifetime. So head to CanadipsCBD.com and enter. Or go to the official at Canadips Instagram and make sure to type it all the way out. Find the blue check count. Be the winner and you can go to any game this year. Why not go to L.A.? See Matthew Stafford tear up our Detroit Lions. Or maybe the Lions sneak out a win. You could see me. I'll be there. So once again, go to CanadipsCBD.com and enter for the game of the year or go to the official Canadips Instagram, type it all the way out, look for the blue check mark. When you need me 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm, and it's time for the list cast. It's time for L-I-S-T-C-A-S-T. I almost forgot how to spell list cast. <laughs> almost did it with a K. List cast would be cool, but anyway. This is the final one of our positional ones. It is the end of a journey. It means the offseason is almost over. And thank God, because I'm about to go insane. We saved quarterbacks for last because we haven't driven ourselves insane. And during our break, we were talking about how quarterback is a position that lends itself to histrionics, to overanalysis, to hot takery, to getting out in front of your skis. And guess what? All of that is here in this edition of ListCast. So as always, we let you guys know that we are looking at players at this point in their career for this upcoming season alone. Selections are made independent of scheme, current weapons, and coaching. It has been assembled by multiple members of the Pride of Detroit staff, and we are giving you the aggregate rankings. And unfortunately, Jeremy, there's been some scub in this one for multiple places, but we'll get to that. I think a little later in the list cast explain maybe some of the quirks of what happened here, because there was a little bit of miscommunication, at least on one guy. Yeah, well, I mean, there there are a couple of quarterbacks, quarterbacks that are keeping their 2021 season in limbo currently, and it's hard to know where to put them on the put them on this list and whether they're eligible and all that sort of stuff. So we just kind of let anyone pick out however they wanted to interpret. Yeah, we the don't list. we don't we don't question your list cast. We don't question your list cast. I don't question why Jeremy had Kirk Cousins 10 on his list. Should I put him higher? Yeah. I mean, oh. he has he has one of the best uh, completion percentage over uh, over average or over expectations. You're in trying the to past get me on completion years. percentage. Um, PFF, you know, top 10 grade past three or four years. You know, I mean, if, if you guys want to continue to hate on him, that's fine. Like I, I understand he's had a running game and I understand he's had some pretty good receivers, but he's also done everything that he's really been asked for, except win the big game, win the big game. He hasn't won the big game. He doesn't win a Monday yeah. night. Great. You know who also gets that criticism a lot? The guy that's number seven on our list. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who that is, but you guys might be familiar with him. I'm spoiling. Why'd you spoil it? Why'd you do I that? Care. I don't care. Why'd you do that? You want to come at me, Kirk Cousins? I'm going to spoil the whole damn list. No, I was going to get to everyone. I was going to include <laughs> myself for having Daniel Jones at 10. And I was going to get at the worst defender of all, Mike Payton, having Jared Goff at 10. So bad yeah. that he wanted to come on this podcast to defend the selection of Jared Goff on the podcast. I, and I was like, no, there is no defense <laughs> for that. There is none. Do you want to talk about Daniel Jones, who you put eight on your list or nine on your list? Did I bet put him eight? I, I could have <laughs> been put him nine. You put, put him nine. nine. Yeah, <laughs> over Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. There, bam. Okay, but Tannehill didn't make our list. He was on my list, but he didn't make the list. Why yeah, is Daniel he didn't Jones make on your list. list? Tell me why Daniel because Jones is on I think, your list. I think Daniel Jones has shown you nothing but upwards growth every year, and you guys keep mocking him for falling over on that play. But guess what? He is an exceptional deep threat in this you, league now you had me at daniel jones has shown me nothing 
That I agree with. This is what, <laughs> for those not watching on the visual medium, I am now giving the finger to, to, to Jeremy Reisman. You can, uh, you have two guesses which finger. I uh, I have to interject, and I just have to say that all of the quarterbacks we're talking about, we're having a super, super mayo discussion. Like, these quarterbacks are all just mayonnaise. Like, I, they're I like not... Mayonnaise. Okay, but it's not the best part of the sandwich. Like, Daniel Jones, Williams? Kirk Cousins. No, this isn't a racist. Racist. <laughs> we're having a discussion about a bunch of guys who aren't the best parts of their offense. Like, Kirk Cousins, like, sure. I mean, let me see the average average depth of target when it comes to him. Like, that completion percentage sure is nice, but, like, come on. It's Dalvin Cook. He's he's the meat on that sandwich. Like, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry's the meat on that sandwich. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. I don't know. I just have to say that about well, Daniel Jones. There is, also, there is also several quirks to my list, and I, I, I'm dreading getting to one of them eventually. Uh, but number 10 is a guy who was not on my list, but I think everyone's kind of expecting a bounce back season from him. The scubs out of the way, the injuries out of the way. You hope he's going to see the field. Everyone's rooting for him so damn hard down there. He's your star of hard knocks. Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys, number 10 on the pride of Detroit quarterback list cast. Speaking of mail real quick. How boring is Dak Prescott going to be on Hard Knocks? <laughs> just Dak Prescott so just boring. seems like a super boring person. And uh, here's the thing. I'm rooting for him. Obviously, I have something built into it. Like seeing that awful, awful ankle injury that he had so bad. But that's part of the reason why I have met 10. And it, it was pretty close for him to not even make my list altogether because I'm really worried about how he bounces back from that injury. Um, for a guy who his game really relies on the ability. We, we talked about it on our uh, green room podcast, Jeremy, but for a guy who needs to ad lib and extend plays and make things happen after things kind of break down for a guy who suffered an injury like that, Dick Prescott, I, I hope that he bounces back. I hope that he's healthy, but he's going to need that in order to be mobile and in order to be effective. Yeah. I mean, I, I there's I understand like I guess the the pause for that but you know every every single thing that we've heard about his rehab is you know he's ahead of schedule and you know going to have full mobility and, and and all that sort of stuff and and obviously there's a mental aspect to it too right and and that's something oh, yeah. that you just kind of have to wait and see how it happens but uh there there's no question in my mind that that he was a top 10 quarterback and and I'm not going to bet against him that 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 will continue um he he's basically been one of PFF's top quarterbacks uh, in his young four and a half year career, um, at least in half of those years. In, in terms of statistics, you know, he's he's had a couple of bad interception seasons. He's a little interception prone, um, but you know, some when we're talking about the bottom guys in these top ten, I think that's a a common thing. And to me, he's just like he's a leader. He's a guy who who can win games for you. He's a guy with a heck of an arm, and 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 the mobility is huge. I mean, it's just a part of the game today. And if you don't have it, you, you you're missing a key part of the game. You, you just are. That's given how agile defenses has been and how sick pass rushes are these days. You need to have a little mobility in you, or you need to be Tom Brady. Like there, there, you have to be one or the other. And, and some of these guys on those list doesn't have what, what Dak has. And, and I think he's going to have that um, even after this injury. Number nine New to our list and uh, rising pretty quickly, although off lists for a couple people, 
Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, who I think, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but I, I feel like Kyler Murray is almost my dark horse sleeper for MVP this season. If he puts it, if he puts it together, I'm not saying he should be like high up on the list. I, I forget where I, I think I had him seventh on my list in front of Baker Mayfield. The bottom of my list is abominable. Um, but <laughs> at least you can admit it. I, I can't admit it. I can't admit it. I'm like, oh, I didn't put this together right. But listen, Kyler Murray, he, he's shown you the flashes you really want. And he's entering into this key year where I feel like he has that arm and he has all of those tools available to him to make that next step. He's going to play in a tough division, but I'm not supposed to take that into account. Like, yeah, the Cardinals, I don't think anyone's projecting them to be the favorites to win the NFC West, but I feel like for the third year, he, he showed you astronomical growth in his second year. And I guess I'm projecting upwards for the third year. Kyler is not on my list. I don't think he's particularly close to, to my top 10, to be completely honest. I, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's, he's a thrill to watch. Dude had 819 rushing yards last year. I don't think he's a good passer. I don't think he, he goes through his progressions well. I think a guy that throws three interceptions against a Matt Patricia-led Lions defense does not is, is, is banned from the list. He, he doesn't deserve to be on the list. Like That alone is qualifications to kick him off the list permanently. I don't care if he has an MVP season. He's not on my list next year because he threw two, three interceptions against the Lions in week three in 2020. That is unacceptable. That is ridiculous. But it, it speaks, I mean, it does speak like you were, Ryan, you were talking about like players that, that the offense was centered around. I don't think Kyler Murray is necessarily that guy, at least not in the passing game. Like, again, he's a rushing threat and, and I don't want to ignore that. I, I just talked about how important that is in today's NFL, but I think he's got a ton to prove as a passer a ton to prove as a passer and and he's nowhere near it to 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 really be in consideration right now yeah he i mean he definitely has room for growth when it comes to his ability as a passer i think that he can do it i think the things that people have kind of pegged him as being incapable of doing or or things that he would have to overcome in the nfl like um him being so short and batted balls at the line of scrimmage like he's not even in the he wasn't even in the top like 15 of quarterbacks last season when it came to batted balls. Um, I I think. I think he is the straw that serves the drink in Arizona. I mean, he's got he's loaded with talent at wide receiver. Like there's no question. And I know that we're doing this independent of everything else. But I think it. I, I think that he's just a gamer. Like I think that he can go out there and he can make plays when he has to make plays like I mean the the hail mary to deandre hopkins is being like an example like that play gets extended because it's kyler murray and i i that's that's where my affinity for him comes in i think that he like jeremy said i think i think you put it really well either you have to be tom brady or you have to be a guy who can extend plays and i think kyler murray fits that mold and i think that this year he's going to really prove himself as being worthy of a top 10 quarterback number eight on our list we do have to explain Number eight is Deshaun Watson. Now, we do have to explain because half of our team did not put Deshaun Watson on their list, including myself and Jeremy and me and and Ryan. So the three of us did not put him on their list. And I think one other person didn't put it on the list. Who was the other person? Was it um, Peyton? Mike Peyton didn't put him on their list. But we so we got we got wires crossed because I think half the people did put him on the list. We didn't. 
I think we had agreed among ourselves. We just don't think he's going to play this year. Right. Yeah. And, and not like a, either like legal trouble problem. or whatever is going to happen with the Texans. Right. It's a double decker sandwich of hell um, that just doesn't point to him playing this year. And, and, and to be clear, everyone else that did, did decide to put him on their list, had him in the top five. So that's why he's, he's eight here is because their top five or kind of, you know, we're, we're enough to push him Ooh, in the, yeah, into the top yeah. 10 there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, to, I don't think anyone can really question Deshaun Watson's talent. He also had some questions about, you know, passing the ball earlier in his career. And I think he's answered a lot of those. Um, but, but yeah, at this point, I just, I, I, my projection here is just like, do I think this player is going, because there's another quarterback on this list that we're not sure if he's going to play in 2020 or not. The, the reason why he was on my list and Deshaun Watson was not is because I think the other guy will play. This guy I don't think won't play. And so that's why he was off my list. Yeah, I have the double whammy of a there's no way out of his legal troubles at this point. And I'm just not going to be able to take that. Given my background, I can't put that aside. I just can't. And you can call me unfair about that. I can tell you shove off. It's my list. Uh, there's way too many women that have come forward for me to doubt a single moment of it. And even then, we're still waiting for to see what the commissioner does if they come down with a hammer. And even then, if all that somehow clears up, if all that clears up, he told you before all this bleep hit the fan that he was no way, no how am I playing for the Houston Texans. So that's three layers we've got. To, I've got to cut through before I even think about what Deshaun Watson could be in 2021. Yeah. And I mean, this is for a guy who in the 2020 season, I mean, if it was based on play alone, he'd be like a top three quarterback, but you can't ignore all of those, all of those red flags. And like Chris said, this was a guy who said he wasn't going to play in Houston and Houston was digging their heels in and saying like, they weren't going to trade him. So like, how, how do you think this was going to end? Like, yeah, he, he wasn't on my list, but that's just because like you guys, I don't think that he's going to play this season. Um, so he kind of got Hunter Henry. <laughs> a, a talent alone. I would have probably had him like, I don't know. I would have put him in my top three. I, I would, I would have said top five. Yeah. He probably would have been my four. He, he would have been my, probably my five. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number seven is an old friend. Someone who we've argued back and forth whether he belongs in the top five quite a bit this year. And, and as we talked about last podcast, got a little bit more press from the national media because of his new landing spot. However, this is supposed to be independent of scheme or coaching or weapons. So Matthew Stafford, formerly of the Detroit Lions, comes in at number seven. I mean, this is about where I've had him for the past five, ten years, I feel like. And it, it just feels like a comfortable spot for him. He doesn't necessarily have the mobility of other those guys of a lot of those other guys, but he, that's something that he's also improved upon. I think almost every year of his career is, is managing the pocket and, and creating a little bit more extra time. But I mean, we, we don't need to get deep into Matthew Stafford. I think we know all know who no. Matthew Stafford is. He's got a cannon arm. Uh, he's got, he can make throws uh, to, to receivers that aren't open that, that I would say 80%, maybe 90% of the league can't make. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do with a, with a full team around him. The only concern I have, once again, is at this point, and again, I don't like doing injury prone or anything. I'm not saying that he troops through all of that. But man, if he can, if he doesn't get better protected, like at some point he's just going to he he's he's gotten banged up quite a bit in his career. And you wonder as you keep adding years and more injuries on top of that. 
you've seen that story before with other quarterbacks who get banged up and they start getting later in their career. And you just wonder if you can get the full season of productivity out of him. Yeah, I, I had Stafford at seven on my list, too. And I, I guess I'll ask you guys a question that kind of popped into my mind as I was putting together my list. But do you think that there's going to be a rough, um, a rough adjustment period for Stafford? Probably. I, mean, I, I don't think there should be. I mean, is it what do you think like that? Is that a scheme thing? Is that just being in a new place with a new I, practice regimen, that sort of thing? Or yes, all, the, all those things. Yeah, all no, those I things. Mean, yeah, he, it, there shouldn't be. Dude's a, a 12 year veteran. Um, mm-hmm. you, you'd think. And e- even if, you know, you were in the same place in 12 years, obviously there's there's going to be an adjustment uh, there. But I, I mean, the Rams certainly aren't expecting any sort of acclimation period. They They paid for a guy that's going to light the world on fire in week one and and i i think he's capable of that and he got to, he, he he was he went there very early in the offseason too he's had plenty of time to learn that system too yep maybe yeah, not I, with I, the players themselves but like at least from like studying the film looking at the notebooks and everything yeah i mean yeah, you've I, been around 12 years you know plays you know every play in everyone's book you it, it just might be a different language like that's it Sure. And I, I, I think I, I'm, I'm more so with you guys than not just because I, I, I think back to all of the different probably terminology that Stafford had to learn, even when he was in Detroit, whether or not it was, you know, Jim Schwartz, Jim Caldwell, you know, moving on through different offensive coordinators and things like yeah. that. So like you said, Jeremy, I think, you know, a 12 year vet, that guy's going to be ready right out of the box. So, um, but I, I just want to take a quick second to say that Justin Herbert didn't make the list and that's an affront to society, but carry on. Round him after a year. I should have probably put him instead of Daniel Jones. I, I think all the credit goes to Anthony Lynn personally. Oh, okay. Great point. Really? Listen to you. <laughs> That's definitely not a homer take. That's definitely me being a, a fair and balanced. Uh, man, it's hard. It's yeah, his it's sophomore. It's his like second year in the NFL, really. Like, I don't know what to think of that. Like, it's yeah, volatile. I, I'm just saying if, if the guy goes out and does it again, I mean, for, for somebody who year. had who had his yeah. few like in terms of the supporting cast, like losing Austin Eckler and, you know, doing the things that he did with, you know, being a rookie quarterback and then moving on to a new coach and Brandon Staley and all the things that that's going to entail. Like if he does it again for a second season in a row and he doesn't end up in the top 10 list, I'm coming to your guys's house. You might come to my house for this, but we do have Lamar Jackson at number six to round out our bottom five. Baltimore Ravens guy. Again, we're not supposed to look at scheme, so he's getting uh, the big news of the of the offseason was he got a new weapon, which, again, we can't consider that. But Lamar Jackson, great ground game. I feel like Lamar Jackson's getting a lot of negativity after last year, and I realize I realize it was worse than his previous year, but his previous year was was an MVP season. I mean, let's let's chill. Like this dude is still fantastic, still phenomenal, and he he's every bit as mobile as Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, but he's proven to do it over a long period of time. I think he's a better passer than Kyler Murray, and I mean, I just I don't know how you can't have this guy in your top ten. This guy is a game changer. This guy, I mean, the reason why Baltimore's offense is surrounded around the running game is because he makes the running game a lot better, a lot better. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know how you can't defend the 2019 MVP of the season of the, of the league. 
Yeah, uh, I'm just interested to hear what Chris has to say because Lamar Jackson was not on his list at all. Um, and the only thing that I'll say about Lamar Jackson is obviously what Jeremy said, like there's going to be some regression. Like the guy's coming off an MVP season. If he did it again, there's no reason to not put him like in the top three. Um, but I, I think that this is going to be I'm going to say this. I think it's kind of a make or break year for Lamar Jackson. And I think that kind of segues nicely into what Chris has to say about him. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for teeing that up, Ryan, instead of being passive aggressive and not even mentioning my name like Jeremy just did. Yes, my list is terrible. I realize that. I I realize I am on a skid of bad takes here, but Ryan said it just right. It's it's make or break season, and I am trying to look and think what he's going to be in 2021. And I'm not saying people are going to figure out Lamar Jackson, but we see these dips in his performance mid-season that we saw last year that I, I'm, I'm kind of worried about sometimes. I think, what was it, by like his completion percentage it, it dropped several points in the middle of the season. I think it went from 66% to like 63%, but like this QBR dropped from, again, this was in December. He had started the year something like 82 to down to like 61.9. Okay, QBR, not pass rating. QBR, yes. Did I, okay. I did I say pastor? I, I meant QBR. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't, he doesn't. I don't again, but the big thing that we've used to talk about the growth of Lamar Jackson, I mentioned at the start, is that oh, the Ravens got him a good weapon to throw to. And this is supposed to be independent of that. And we've known for a while Lamar Jackson just not as great of a thrower as some other quarterbacks out there. And I just I'm not. How, how do I do this? How do I say that I am worried about defenses scheming better for his best weapons without saying that he's one dimensional or without saying that teams are figuring him out? I just think they'll be able to do better in defending against the weapons that Lamar Jackson really shines on when he can't get the ball down the field. It's 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 a it's a risk and it's a hard risk. And it's one that makes it volatile for me. The, the tricky part with with talking about his passing game is you, you mentioned like he's got some weapons this year. Yeah. So but we can't f- factor that in. But at the same time, can we, we kind of have to factor how he, he didn't have any weapons? Yeah. No, that's true. Last year. That's true. I Again, there, it's for me, it's I look at those midseason dips he has and he does rebound from them. So I said he had dropped to 69. I mean, the fuck nice. Um, 61.9 midseason. I think he ended the season again, way up at 63.7. So he does rebound. But when he hits those gulfs. That's a risky point. You've got it like I, I, I kind of want to see higher valleys out of yeah, him. I mean, consistency is, is important. In, in terms of every position and, and to be great, you have to be consistent. But I mean, I, I, I don't know what, what people were expecting out of Lamar Jackson last year. Like, I, I, I think, I think what it is, is just, he was poor in the playoffs, you know, didn't throw a passing touchdown in two games through a couple interceptions. Um, and, and obviously didn't, didn't make it um, too deep into the playoffs, but I'm, I'm not here to bag on a quarterback for a, a, a sample size of two. Play, I know playoff football is when things get important and things, you know, the, the level of competition rise. And, and if your quarterback isn't rising to that, then maybe that's a concern. But this guy's coming off an MVP season and then followed up with a pretty darn good still season. I mean, like 
99.3 passer rating, 73.7 QBR. Like those are still very good, very high numbers. And and that's not even mentioning the fact that the dude has run for over a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons. He doubled his interception numbers last year. That worries me too. Doubled it from wins. He went from six to nine. No, he had nine in two years. He had nine last year. Okay, yeah, nine in two years. Yeah, nine in two years. But again, that's also done on a lot fewer attempts than someone like Kyler Murray, who had 12. But he had half the attempts of Kyler Murray. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, the, the, one, the one last thing I want to say, and I swear to God, it's not a lazy take, but it's just looking at quarterback usage. When you look at Cam Newton, he had a little he had a little less than where he had a little less rushing attempts than Lamar Jackson does heading into his MVP season. So like I think right now Lamar Jackson has 482 attempts. Uh going into his MVP season Cam Newton actually had 467. And then in 2015 Panthers go 15 to 1 Cam Newton has has an incredible year. But then after that Cam Newton's play just fell off of the table. So when it comes to Lamar Jackson and all of that extra abuse that he's taking as a runner, and you talk about the shelf life of running backs in the NFL, it's a guy who has 482 carries as an NFL quarterback. So you wonder where either, either he's going to completely break the mold or he's going to eventually kind of fall in line to that same level of trajectory as other quarterbacks who came before him. And I worry that Cam Newton's career arc is a is a story that maybe Lamar Jackson's will, will also follow an interesting point. Yeah. I, I don't want to hold too much of the histrionics because we could go back and we could look at like, again, Robert Griffin, the third in here too. Yeah. And, but Robert Griffin, yeah, not was, even that was close. Freak. And also that was freak. Yeah. But like, and, and I, he, I think Cam Newton's the good comp though. I think he throws better than Cam Newton did even in his MVP season. But it's that same thing. As you say, like we look at this with running backs all the time. How much, you know, where do we put on the treads? And when you mm-hmm. are a run heavy quarterback, that, that kind of matters too. Lamar, Lamar Jackson would have jumped on the fumble. Wow. Wow. I, that's a bad take. Now that's a bad take. Everyone gives me crap. Thank you, Jeremy, for pulling me out of my tailspin by being my wingman here with a bad take like Lamar Jackson would have jumped on the fumble. That's our bottom five. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the top five is here, and maybe we will stop crapping on the quarterbacks we have put in our top ten. We'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. It is time for the top five in our quarterbacks list cast. Now, I think we spent our bottom five yelling at each other, yelling at me, yelling some more, and then poo-pooing on like half the guys down there. Let's see if that changes here, because number five is Josh Allen, who I think most of us have come around on Josh Allen. Last year, there was... uh, some resistance, even in season, there was some resistance, but I feel like that is all folded. Josh Allen now belongs in the top five camp, which is not something I thought I would ever really see, but it's hard to overstate what a jump he had last year. 
He was seventh in PFF's grading. I think he posted a north of 90 overall offensive grade. His completion percentage jumps up to just shy of 70% for the season. 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns. His, his yards per attempt jumps all the way up to a uh, yards game for attempt jumps all the way up to 7.9. Has he arrived, I, Jeremy? I mean, I, I owe a full mea culpa to to the Bills Mafia. I, I did not think Josh Allen was a good quarterback through two years. He, and to be fair, he wasn't a good quarterback. He, 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 he didn't years. even crack 60 percent completion. No, he was he was bad. He was bad. But I mean, just a monumental jump in year three. Like like you said, fifteen hundred more yards. 17 more touchdowns, 1.2 yards per attempt um, more. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a year three jump this big at any position in the NFL. And, and, and maybe, maybe now we're, we're, we're overcompensating here a little bit, and maybe he's not necessarily going to continue to have a season like he did last year. But he showed so many things that I didn't realize he could do. Like, I mean, we're talking about all his passing stats, but again, he's got the mobility too. 421 rushing yards and and that that was his low like that was all that he really did that was successful through the first two years and and he continued to do i mean eight nine eight rushing touchdowns in his three seasons so 25 total rushing yards uh, rushing touchdowns alone and i mean you, you just you just saw him do things that that you didn't think he was capable of in the passing game last year and it it, it it almost got his offensive coordinator head coaching job right brian dable is a guy that a lot of people were talking about and I, I kind of like I I would have liked to see him get a head coaching job and just see what happens to Josh Allen after that. Um, but but I have to give it up like that was a phenomenal, a, a, a historic season of, of Bill's football in general. And, and he was really, I think, the the catalyst behind all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I have to give I have to give him props. It, it was an amazing season. And because he's a lot of fun to watch, I hope it happens again this year. Yeah, I I mean, I think you're not alone, Jeremy, when it comes to the apology tour that Josh Allen um, sent through Buffalo last season, because the the stat that we 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 didn't highlight, we, we kind of did, but adjusted completion percentage mm-hmm. that's taking out all the drops, 79.1%. <laughs> There's one quarterback who played the same amount of games that had a higher adjusted completion percentage than him, and, and that guy is going to be talked about later on our list. but. We saw the jump that Josh Allen did that we haven't seen like a quarterback who played as bad as Josh Allen did in his first two seasons make that kind of leap. Like quarterbacks usually don't have that kind of leash. And whether or not this was, you know, last year was like a make or break it year for Josh Allen. The guy made it and now he's here to stay. The one thing that he does need to clean up, though, is turnover worthy plays. He was second in the NFL. The only player that he trailed behind was Carson Wentz. Not a name you want to be compared to. Not, not a name. Not a name. Not a name that you want to be. Uh, you want to be held in the same breath as. But like, to be fair, I mean, you know, Patty Mahomes was up there too in terms of turnover worthy plays. But I guess that's kind of what happens when you guys you have a quarterback who has a big arm and who does want to you know try to fit passes into really tight windows. So we'll see if Josh Allen can can stick in the spot or if he's due for some of those turnover worthy plays to turn into interceptions next year. Speaking of. Uh interesting spots to end up in Tom Brady comes in at the goat comes in at number four on our list. Now, again, we're looking towards this year. We're looking towards what they're going to do in a single season, how they're going to rank for a single season coming up. 
And there's no other way around it other than Tom Brady is, look, the guy's awesome. He's beat you over the head so many times that he's awesome, okay? He's awesome. He's the GOAT. He has tons of rings. He's going to go down as one of the greatest football players in history ever, okay? You've beat me over the head repeatedly. But I don't know how many more years he's going to keep doing it. And do, do you guys believe him when he says that he played on, like, an injured leg? partially torn mcl partially torn mcl like do you believe that or is that just because i've seen some people doubt that it's kind of like when uh was it conor mcgregor after he loses uh that that fight the other the other week he came out and said oh yeah i had a stress fracture was it fully that's kind of Chet's yeah. telling me it's fully torn but either way like either way either way like there was a par- by the way the buccaneers can get massively fined if that's actually true and not Tom Brady talking out of his ass because they didn't disclose that injury. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to know exactly what's going on there because a lot, I mean, a lot of players deal with injury, have lingering injury injuries the entire year that aren't on the injury report every week. Like we, we talked about Halapuli Vati Vaitai and his foot injury that he suffered in, in training camp and missed a couple games with, but the games he played with wasn't on the injury report. And then it, you know, he ends up going on the IR because of the foot later. Like it's one of those things where I think, yes, he probably had a, a torn MCL or, or whatever, whatever it was. He, he probably had a knee issue, but it was just kind of one of those. And listen, I've never had a torn M- MCL. I don't know what it feels like. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how much pain is involved. I don't know how much management you have to do or mobility or anything like that. But players have injuries a lot of times that aren't on the injury report. And and it's it's lingering things. It's things that they, you know, they get off season surgery for like Jeff Okuda groin injury had that coming out of Ohio State, missed a couple games with it. Other games, it wasn't on the injury report, got surgery this off season on it. It's just it, it's something that happens. So I don't know. I, I think it's. I, I feel like p- part of this is people wanting to to call Brady a cheater all over again. No, I think a lot of it is it's the other way. It's to build up his legacy is like, oh, he had that season with Tampa Bay on a fully torn MCL. Look at him. Go, 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 go. Throw that out the window. It was a fantastic. It was an amazing season. It was a fantastic at, at season. Age 40, whatever. Yeah. Like people yeah. were starting to doubt. People were starting to say all the things you said at the top. Tom Brady is starting to get washed. He, there's, there's no way he can continue to do it. His past few years at New England weren't that good statistically. He comes to Tampa and yes they have a much better team they have much better weapons but he goes out and does it he goes out and tears the league a new one and he can still do it at 40 so yeah he's a top five quarterback still and why would I ever doubt him yeah I don't doubt him as top five I just I'm talking more that we've dropped him all the way down to four it seems to be you know where yeah all all the way down Ryan Ryan, give give me give me a hot Brady take I don't think Tom Brady will be on our top 10 list next year that he's, is that is. I mean, retired. Wow. He's retired. Came and delivered. Yeah, you think he's I, retire. I could see him retiring. Yeah, I could see him retiring. Or here's what happens: things things go south in Tampa Bay because it's so hard to it's so hard to repeat. Like it's so hard to climb that mountain again. And I know Tampa Bay has brought all of their pieces back, but man, I I'm just saying. Like, if, if here's the thing. To Chris's point about like, you know, if, if this news comes out and Tom's Tom Brady is the GOAT because, you know, he he did this entire season, won a Super Bowl with a torn MCL. Tampa Bay, regardless of that, has a target on their back. And I just think that 
at some point it's <laughs> it's the Jesse Peekman gift. Like he can't keep getting away with this. Like he can't <laughs> he can't keep he can't keep doing this at the level he's doing it at. And so I personally think either he retires or we have reason to believe that there are 10 quarterbacks that are better than Tom Brady. And father time is undefeated. There is a point in time in which father and I will bet on father time. Yep. And by the way, like we would be singing a completely different story. If the officiating at the end of green Bay, Tampa Bay probably gets called a little bit differently, not to give a sop to the, uh, to the Packers slappies, but I don't know. Yeah. And, 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 to the po- and, and to the point about whether or not like Tampa Bay will be fined or, you know, they'll, you know, have I think they you know, will. action I'm saying like they, they should maybe. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably should, but I think when you look at other examples of it, like it's like flagrant disregards of that rule. Like I, I remember reading about like Ben Roethlisberger, they listed him as being like off for practice because it was like a veteran rest day when he actually had an injury. Like those are like flagrant disrespects to the rule. Whereas I don't know with Brady, like Jeremy said, th- there can be lingering issues that happen all season long. And maybe like his MCL was, you know, in bad shape. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it eventually got torn all the way. And to that point, Toradol is a hell of a drug. It is a hell of a drug. Uh, this is where we throw one more, one last member of the Pride of Detroit family under the bus. Um, you guys have been bagging on me for Lamar Jackson. Jerry Mallory did not put Tom Brady on his top 10. That seems kind of silly. Yeah. Not here to defend himself, though. So we'll just leave it at that. You can go and uh, tweet him at Jerry Mallory NFL. Find out. what. Hey, but, but maybe he just thinks father time is also undefeated and it's going to come for him a lot sooner than than the rest of us do. Great. Get in line of people who had that take before an NFL season about Tom Brady and got burned by. They've been doing this take for 10 years. No, I get it, but still. Teflon Tom. One guy who Father Time is not is um, not coming for just yet is our third court. Number three on our list, Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. Question mark if he's still with the Seattle Seahawks by this time next year, though. But right now he's with the Seahawks. He's uh, he's back being the, the trying to be the baby face again. Go Hawks. And I think it's impressive what he's doing there, even as he seems to have no team left around him. Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks have been relevant his entire career. They've they've won 10 or more games in what? Nine out of 10 of his seasons. The other season was a nine and seven year, like one of the more winningest quarterbacks of of this era and and say what you will about quarterback wins and blah 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 but like he's got the stats to back it all up he had the most touchdowns in a single season that he's ever had last year yeah 40 and passer rating above his average 105.1 his average is 101.7 for his career dude is, is i mean dude is just a model of consistency and really to me the only the only red mark on on his entire resume is the sack numbers, right? And people are starting to to point the finger at him. You know, like Seattle's offensive line has had its issues. It's had its problems. It continues to have some problems. But a lot of people are starting to get wise to it that Russell Wilson is not doing them any favors. He's extending plays to a point where they shouldn't be extended. He's he's scrambling into sacks. He's He's being a little irresponsible with the ball sometimes over there. But other than that, the dude is just like, He's got everything. He's got mobility. He's got one of the more beautiful deep balls that I've ever seen in this game. And and with crisp accuracy, it, it's just 
he's he's always uh, a joy to watch and a guy that I will always make extra time to, to watch if, if I have the time. Yeah, I, I, I'm alluded to this when I was talking about Josh Allen, but Russell Wilson, uh, 79.4% adjusted completion percentage, which is just absolutely bonkers. Um, Crazy time. And, 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 and we, we talked about at the top about how this is independent of the situation that all these quarterbacks are in. Russell Wilson has had good running backs, great running backs. You know, Marshawn Lynch, I think Chris Carson is a really underrated running back himself. But man, in terms of receiving talent, Russell Wilson has never really had like a like a surefire, like this guy's a number one wide receiver, like, you know, when Tom Brady had Randy Moss for a season, or when you talk about any of, you know, some of these some of these other quarterbacks that we've we've talked about on this list, you know, Stefan Diggs all of a sudden maybe unlocks a little bit of Josh Allen that he that he never was able to tap into. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Stefan Diggs, or or Justin okay. Jefferson a year ago. <laughs> Um, you know, but did most of the heavy lifting. I think uh, look, at the, look at the offensive line point. he's dealing with now too. Jeremy, Jeremy brought up how much time he has to spend scrambling, but and he got in trouble for it this off season when he was on the Dan Patrick show and talked about how he'd like more. You know, he's 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 having trouble. You know, his offensive line isn't giving him the def- the protection he needs. But like, spot the lie there. 2020, that was a bad offense. That was an offensive line that did him no favors. ES- ESPN doesn't think so. ESPN doesn't think so? Okay, great. No. They got, what were they in the top 10 of their pass rush, pass rush win rate? Pass block win rate? Pass block win rate. Yeah. yeah. But no, that's what I'm saying. Like, there, there is, he's been getting sacked 40 to 50 times a year. To a point where it's like, okay, at some point, it can't just be the offensive line. You can't keep continuing to blame the offensive line as they continue to, to flow through different players at those positions. He, he's got to take some blame here. And, and I, I think calling out your offensive line is, is a bad move, but no, that's hope. a bad move regardless. It's a yeah. bad move regardless. Like those are, there's a reason why when you're a rookie quarterback, you buy your offensive line, nice steak dinners. Well, I, I don't think you need to look any further than he was second in the league in scrambles behind Deshaun Watson, who Deshaun Watson was probably legitimately running for his life. Yeah. Number two on our list, and now we're finally getting up into the stratified air of stuff we know, and I know we're being a little hypocritical because we said we don't know if Lamar, if, um, excuse me, Deshaun Watson was going to play this year, but we have no problem rating Aaron Rodgers the second best quarterback this upcoming season. And I'm still convinced that he will not come back to the uh, Packers, but I am starting to become less and less convinced of that by the day. And I'm not sure what to make of it, but there's no other ways around how damn good he is. I mean, what else do we say? You guys know it was another like thing where people were starting to wonder if Aaron Rodgers was done after after 2019. And, and, you know, not all was well in Green Bay and, and all that sort of stuff. Then he comes out. And has a MVP season. He, I mean, yep. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say about the guy. Like he makes plays that I've never seen anyone make before him or after him. He's he's laser focused. He's he's an asshole, but like a, but the kind of asshole you need to be for greatness. Um, and Jamal Williams talked it. about it. He has a he he's a perfectionist. Yeah. Jamal Williams on our interview talked about it. It's like you get two, maybe three chances with, with Aaron Rodgers. He wants the best out of you. Yep. I just wish he wasn't in Green Bay 
And if he goes to the Broncos, then I will watch every Broncos game I can. The one thing I, I want to say about him, and it bears repeating every year, is just how amazing he is at avoiding interceptions. It's it's un, it, it's unmatched by anyone in the NFL. He had five last year, four, then two, six, seven, eight, five, six, eight, six. Hasn't he thrown has, more than ten interceptions in a season since twenty ten. He has a command of the field that is second to none. In that he understands where the field is going first off on where to put a ball to avoid interceptions, but also when a play breaks down, he knows exactly how far he needs to scramble, how far he can scramble and where he needs to go to get out and what he needs to do to avoid taking taking a hit. Almost every time. And that's what makes him so damn as a Lions fan, so damn frustrating to watch because he just he manipulates the field and he. Just yeah, yeah. It's like a cheat code. Of any quarterback who played at least sixteen games, um, Aaron Rodgers had the fewest turnover-worthy plays in the league at twelve. I think that goes to you know give a give a number to what we're kind of talking about and 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 you know highlighting that point that we're trying to drive home. But forty-eight touchdowns to five interceptions and having a eighty-one point three percent adjusted completion percentage is absolutely bonkers. Like those num- like if it wasn't for the guy who's number 1 on our list, I mean there's a re- there's reason to believe that Aaron Rodgers has been the best quarterback over the past like 5 years, like bar none. And and to be clear, Aaron Rodgers is the reason why our number 1 isn't our consensus number 1 because someone and I don't want to out them because our live chat is just annoyed that we're talking about Eric or we're talking about Aaron Rodgers uh, as much as we are. Out of- I may have just accidentally outed him. That was a slip, baby. Wow. One person may have put him number one. uh, And I won't, I won't say, uh, I I won't give a shit about who it is. (laughs) Now you did that on purpose. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. We are not worthy. Like what? Just, just Ryan, the floor is yours. Just throw every imaginable stat you have at us, at, at, at us about the chosen one. I don't even care that he just lost the Super Bowl. I don't. Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about how the Super Bowl went and showed how smart it was of the Lions to go get a franchise tackle like Panay Sewell, right? Because Patrick Mahomes was running for his life in that Super Bowl. Poor guy. That's my baby boy out there that people are uh, that people are feasting on. And I, I got to watch that on national television. But like, I, I think the thing about Patrick Mahomes that has all of us so wrapped up and enveloped and invested in him as a quarterback is because he plays. He's kind of the antithesis of Aaron Rodgers in the sense that Aaron Rodgers is this laser focus, as Jeremy points out, like operate from the pocket. He's a precision passer or when he's rolling out, it's designed to be that way. Patrick Mahomes is the backyard football. Like he's the guy that all of us, like when we see him play on Sundays, we're like, that's who we thought we were when we were playing in the backyard. Like He's improvising plays. He's doing no throw, you know, no look passes. He's, I mean, just carving up defenses in every way imaginable. And I think that he truly, he truly tickles that, that fantasy about, um, you know, backyard sports being, and then playing at the highest level and succeeding and achieving at the highest level. Like Patrick Mahomes is everything that you want your quarterback to be both statistically and entertainment wise. I, I don't have anything to add. I mean, this guy is going to going to set the record books on fire by the time he turns 30. 
and that's still five years away. Like, we've got a ton of fun Patrick Mahomes football ahead of us, and that alone should make you an NFL fan for, for the next decade. Hopefully more than that. Hopefully two decades. Let's look at... I, I, I'm still amazed that he, all, he had close to 500 yards rushing. I mean, running um, in the Super Bowl before his passes slash sacks. Like, it's amazing that he had to run that much, but also amazing that he stayed alive that long, too. And how many yards rushing? You mean, I mean just right, like he scrambling? ran a token? No, this is from ESPN Stats and Info. According to Next Stats, Patrick Mahomes ran. I, I said rushing. I didn't mean that. Ran a total of 497 yards before his passes slash sacks. Oh, so for 497 yeah. yards, he was avoiding getting hit. Here, here's the part of the Patrick Mahomes hype that I will not get behind. Is marveling over his Super Bowl in which he didn't do anything. Like he ran around yeah. and made throws at ridiculous angles that resulted in incompletions. Like, I'm sorry. That's that's Mahomes mania a little bit too far. Guess what, Jeremy? The best available. I'm going to steal this from Ryan. The best of ability is availability. The best ability for a quarterback is not taking is not going down. Jeremy. No, Jeremy, you just need to understand that Chris is really big into players not going down. That's why he isn't high on TJ Hawkinson. Settle that's down. Why he's very high on. Patrick wow. Mahomes. Do not do not take that out of context. <laughs> OK. All right. Quarterback list cast. Bat- him off, not, Chris. Not oh, that would make Batman high on your list, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> How'd you do that? How'd you do that? Why'd you do that? How we're going through. You're the you're the journalistic. You're you're the beat writer guy. You're the you're the big J journalism here. Who, what, this where, when, why and how did you do that? <laughs> You're welcome, is my answer. I'm no, amazed and disgusted. I'm disgusted. I'm just disgusted. I'm giving out bad stats because I just. Oh, God. You know, it's not bad. Uh, you counting down our list now, because that is the best part of this right, is the best part right. of our 2021 list cast. I'm going to have to pre-record these next time and just really add the effects into it. <laughs> Sorry. Now, Twitch chat is distracting me with some of the stuff being said. Number 10, Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys. Number nine, Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals. Number eight, Deshaun Watson, Houston Texans slash banished slash question mark. Number seven, Matthew Stafford, Detroit, um, Los Angeles Rams. Sorry, Jeremy. Number six, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Number five, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia. Number four, Tom Brady, Retirement Town, USA, slash Steroids Cycle Place. You can get all your blood spun down in Tampa, man. Number three, Russell Wilson, running for his life, Seattle Seahawks. Number two, Aaron Rodgers, Cheddarhead, Green Bay Packers. And number one, the chosen one out of where, where did he grow up, uh, uh, Ryan? In, in all of our hearts and imaginations. Okay, fine. Uh, and at number one, from Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. 
former Detroit Tigers draft pick. Oh, it hurts. Everything hurts. Everything hurts. That's how life works. Everything just hurts. That's why I'm betting on Tom Brady not being on our list next year. Wow. Speaking of betting, we talked about a potential bet between you and me, Ryan, about this list cast. Mm, can we fit that in real quick? Yeah, yeah let's do it. We got time to fit. Because I, I look at this list and I am kind of disgusted by the fact that Kyler Murray is above Dak Prescott. I think that is a huge disrespect to Dak Prescott. And like I mentioned at the, at the top of our, our last segment, I think Kyler Murray is, is, is hell overrated. So as we've, we've previously just discussed, and I think maybe Twitch chat can uh, help us with terms on the bet. I am very confident that Dak Prescott will have a better season than Kyler Murray. So we need to determine what makes a better season, right? Are we going to have people vote on this? It, I, that's a good question. Cause there's not really one metric. I think that can decide well, this, right? We'll have to feel we are. So what's, what's, what's the, uh, what's the terms of this? What happens who, who, if someone wins and or slash what happens if someone's loose, like what's the payoff? Hmm. Good question. I think we should I, I do leave like, that. I do like maybe maybe we just put it to a poll at, at who had the better season. I think that might be the most unbiased way to do it. Like we could no. do PFF rate if you want. We could do QBR. No, I, 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 don't, I don't think we're going to have to really look at stats. If I'm being completely honest, I think I think it's it's going to be obvious. Should have there's a, there's enough ballot stuffing that happens in the name bracket that I'm worried about what happens if we put this over That's to a fair. poll. So That's how fair. about we have the staff at Pride of Detroit vote at the end of the season who had a better year, Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray? Oh, I don't trust half those guys. I don't think I trust them either, especially if the it, it depends. I think who wins that is who has the more the less humiliating thing on the line. Like our staff is just going to want whoever has the more humiliating pay up to to pay out. We'll work well, on, on the other side. We'll work on this on the other side. I think I'm going to close down the shop here, though. Okay. Unless you guys, know, have, like, everyone, unless, everyone out there, pay attention to those two guys' careers this year. We also need to figure out what happens if one of you wins slash loses. That's what I'm more interested in right now. We'll figure that out as well. We will figure that out. We'll figure out everything else about the Detroit Lions. We are done with Listcast. The season's almost here. We're going to start talking about training camp next week. So be sure to subscribe on the podcast feeds, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those things we told you about to start. Follow us on twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit. And as always, we will see you star side. Ooh.